This podcast is sponsored by listeners like yourself at patreon.com slash the laps. With your help for as little as a buck, this little engine that could might actually be able to do this for a living. Plus, by now, we've got like 20 minutes of mini-sodes, stuff from the cutting room floor or side stories that I've remastered with all the sound design and quirks that you expect from the regular show. Gosh, there's a, there's a scan of the original letter that Ross wrote Mom some episodes ago. There's my early short films, some of them particularly cringeworthy. And yeah, there's a story that I can't tell here about the time I was on a reality show. That's coming up shortly, and it's a full-length bonus episode outside the regular schedule of the show, and it is only available on Patreon. Thank you, everybody. All that said, hey, everybody, and welcome to the Laps Storytelling Podcast, where we tell true stories gussied up. I'm your host, Kyle Jest, and today we've got a story from Natasha Porter. Hailing from the land of my favorite accent, she was born English, living abroad and backpacking in the Great Down Under. So naturally, she expected some wear and tear on the old wardrobe. Follow along. I'm calling this one The Hole in My Sock. Here it comes. This is The Lapse. Natasha's doctor thumps her on the knee. Reflex test. Once, then twice. Do you normally have reflexes? Natasha looks over her leg. Yeah, pretty sure I do. The doctor squints at her. I'm going to try something. Just stop me if you need to scraped the bottom of my foot with the back of the reflex hammer which was like a sharp point up the sole of my foot he said can you feel that well well yes kind of but it felt like layers of leather like it wasn't quite my foot the doc sets his hammer down excuse me for just a second miss porter and that's when he walked away And I was just alone for a few more minutes. Miss Porter? We're worried. One week earlier. Natasha, England born and raised, has been backpacking Eastern Australia. Big ol' adventure planned. Australia was going to be the most expensive part of my trip. I was meeting another friend from England, so it was going to be us three girls to do base camp Everest in Nepal, India for three months, and then kind of finish up in Sri Lanka, and what little money I'd had left would last a long time, hopefully. I was just on, like, a Greyhound bus, right, and I um, felt like I had a hole in my sock. My right little toe feels really weird. I was in a place called Mission Beach, just this huge, long, empty beach with a few like houses up behind. I met this guy called Jakes. He was this like, six foot six Swedish guy, and he was so cool and so chilled out. One night we went on the beach and we counted how many shooting stars we saw. Something like 50 each or something insane. Not romantically, it was, I mean, that was what was really nice. It was just like an old friend. Like we were talking about video games and movies and until like five in the morning. <laughs> I decided I would go skinny dipping because why not? I ran into the water, just naked as the day and just like one of those cliche moments of joy. Suddenly a guest, not Jake's, decides to join her. This huge crab, like, it just absolutely shocked me. I pretty much dunked, went under, and ran straight back out. She covers herself in a towel, 
wrings out her hair, her arms all goosebumpy. But it's her hands. Well, I can't, I feel my fingers and toes. I did try and like shock them back to life in boiling water. I don't know what I was thinking. I was just like, I'll try and get them hot. Everything was just like a bit of a struggle. I just felt really thick and clumsy. I was really, really annoyed about going to the doctors because I knew I'd have to pay like $80 or something ridiculous, which I did. The doctor schedules a full neurological exam. So he says, anyway. Okay, now raise them up. He got me to put my arms in front of me and hold them out. Can you hold them out like that? Yeah, but it's heavy and I can't feel my fingers or toes. Mm Mm-hmm, I see. Miss Forder, I feel we've got a bit of cause and effect here. I am writing you a prescription for relaxation. Can I go sailing? He was like, sure. Sure. Call it doctor's orders. Whereas if he had done one neurological test, a reflex test, anything like that, he would have noticed just nothing. Snorkeling day. The Great Barrier Reef. It was a really gentle, still day. I had my snorkel and I had that long noodle float under my arms. Just saw magnificent fish, all shapes, colours and sizes, surrounded by these tiny little islands. It was really, really beautiful. After a time, the captain calls everyone back to the boat. And while everyone else is boarded, Natasha is still adrift at sea. I was doggy paddling, but I, I just wasn't making any leeway. Natasha's getting further from the boat, drifting towards the rocks. I started to think that I wasn't going to be able to make it back. There was like a corner of a cliff thing, and I didn't obviously want to get caught round the other side of that. Luckily, it was just the captain saw me in one position for ages and was like, Ah, go and get her. Holding on to the side of this raft, like barely, with the people in the boat holding on to my arms to take me back to the main boat. As soon as we got signal, I remember calling my parents back in England. I'm struggling to stand. Maybe I've pulled something in my back. Maybe I should see a chiropractor. Go to hospital. Oh, I don't want to pay. I don't want to spend my travelling money on a trip to the blooming hospital. Don't worry about that. Just get an ambulance and go. Miss Porter. We're worried. And he said, I think that you've got Guillain-Barre syndrome. So, what does that mean? Well, the doc tells her, your immune system is attacking your nervous system. Specifically, your muscles and, very importantly, the nerves in your lungs. As your nerves deteriorate, you may lose control of your lungs. The worry is you can become paralyzed and they could stop working and you could stop breathing. There is a risk that you could die. I started crying and I was very scared and I remember a nurse holding my hand and sitting by me. He said, there is a chance you can recover from it, but you can expect to get worse. I was classically in denial and I was like, well, if it's not this, what else could it be? You've just told me one thing, what else? He said, if it's not Guillain-Barre, it could be MS. 
I found myself hoping that maybe it was this Guillain-Barre because there was a chance that I, I might recover from it or I might die. I think it was two in the morning for my parents and the last they heard was that I was going to just go to hospital. I don't remember what I said. I was just crying and a bit hysterical. It's okay. You're in the best place. Let's speak to the doctor. Don't worry. She's an amazing woman, my mum. While the CAT scan comes up clear, regardless, a team of doctors, or maybe former rugby players, carries her out to the helicopter. One female and five guys, big Aussie guys, had so much stuff. God, no wonder your back's crook with all your crap in your bag. If you find it difficult to swallow or hard to breathe, you must let us know straight away. I was like, well, how? Because I could hardly lift my arms up and I was lying like a cocoon on the floor. One of the Aussies winks. Don't worry, we'll be monitoring you, but just, like, shake your head. An hour's ride later, Natasha's in the next hospital's ICU. In Australia, the EMU. Which is Emergency Medical Unit. (laughs) My mum was reassured because she thought it was just a nice name of a ward. No one was really talking to me at this point. I was just someone that they were prodding and poking and leaving and coming back. That's when I was aware that I was in like half of my bikini. My hair was disgusting. I was smelly. She buzzes a couple times for the nurse. I need to have a shower. Like, you can't treat me like this. I'm disgusting. I think I was just a bit hysterical um, and not really getting my priorities right. So, like, you're not having a shower. Cat count up. Oh, dear. What symptoms are consistent? Have you done a lumbar puncture yet? Nope. No. No. Shh. She's waking. The next night, I was woken up by four neurologists all surrounding my bed. An MRI scan, a heart scan, and my first lumbar puncture. You might know it by its other name. Spinal tap. Also, morphine. She blinks out. My dad walked in mid-morning of the second day. He's got arthritic ankles. He's actually just had four surgeries himself this year. He really struggles to walk. And by that point, I could stand still, but I couldn't walk. He was crying, and I'd never seen my dad cry. And that was really... Oh, no! I've made my dad cry. (laughs) But... Boy is Natasha glad to have Dad. He's an instant charmer, chumming it up with the hospital staff. All right, Joe, how you doing? And, oh, you know, not bad. Of course, he met the only person on the flight who'd heard of Guillain-Barre and was a doctor, and that's who he was sitting next to. By the next day, she already feels lighter. Dad, she says, could you, uh, wheel me over to the loo? They weren't supposed to, but they thought, well, I can stand, we'll help her. I was sure I could still stand. I couldn't. I'd realised that I'd just from the neck down, I was completely paralysed. If I'm in a wheelchair for the rest of my life, that is sad and that upsets me, but not being able to use your arms is the worst thing. You can't reach for anything, you can't drink, you can't... Like, what could you do if you don't have your arms? 
paralyzed and in excruciating pain. See, the irony of Guillaume-Barre is that while Natasha's sense of touch is dampened, even absent, inside, she's on fire. Nerve pain is very much a horrific burn in pain that just, there's no end, and nothing touched it. If you imagine the wire to your headphones, you've got the outer layer and the inside is the wiring. So if the outer layer got frayed, you could probably... tape that up and it would last a bit longer but if the wires inside got frayed you'd probably have to get new headphones they start her on an ivig five-day transfusion and it's not blood but it's uh, like i think it's like platelets made up of about 30 people's blood in each transfusion and i don't understand how it works but they basically said it wouldn't help me get any better but it would stop me getting worse Hopefully I wouldn't stop breathing. Every day they test Natasha. Can she stand? Can she stand? Can she stand? Nights were the worst because I'm a very fidgety sleeper anyway. Lie still in one position, as still as you can. About two minutes later you will want to just slightly twist. And you can't. Kept feeling like my fingers were caught between things and like my toes always felt like I had holes in my socks. Finally, about a month later, she can stand. For five seconds. Then the next day I could stand for 30 seconds. Then maybe by the end of the week, a minute. Which is amazing. But now suddenly her neutrophils, a type of white blood cell, are dropping and rapidly. Like almost near a cancer scale of you've got nothing to protect your body. Even though physically I was improving, I had to go in a private room. I had to wear a mask. Anyone who saw me had to wear a mask, a gown, gloves. My neutrophils went down to 0.7. And they basically said if they got to below 0.5, I wouldn't be able to fight off a cold. Meds, meds, meds. Test, test, test. But she's still standing, still learning to walk, even able to lift her arms a little. And slowly, her white blood cells bounce back. So today, her physio has a challenge for her. Your parents are going to wait in your room. They're not going to come to the gym. So she was like, you're going to walk to your room. And I did. Everyone was cheering. If I could stand and walk, it meant that soon I'd be fit to fly. When I eventually got home just before Christmas, my friends were on this trip. They'd gone to India without me, obviously. Of course they should. I want to travel and learn and see everything I can. And I thought, well, I can't do that now. I'll have to stay at home because there's a chance of relapse. It could happen this week, it could happen next year, it could happen when I'm 50, it could happen when I'm 90, it might never happen. I was scared of everything, like I was scared of someone else getting ill. Maybe my mum's going to get sick next week, or my sister, or my brother, or my dad. I couldn't work. I actually went to my doctors and they diagnosed me with post-traumatic stress disorder. I would say it took well over a year 
before I could talk about it and not get upset. I still sometimes get so exhausted, like it's 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 debilitating like a lot of the time. But but it's two years, two and a half years now, and I feel. I would say I, I feel normal now. I still get like buzzy hands and feet occasionally. My mum calls them my buzzy bees um, because it just feels like there's little bees under the surface. And that's when I'm really tired. So it's kind of nice. I just listen to the bees and I'm like, oh, I'll have a little rest. That story again was shared by Natasha Porter. Natasha has since been traveling and lives happily here in Vancouver with her partner. Thanks again to Jesse Brennan for this episode's transcription, and again for putting together my first set of business cards. They are awesome. If you want to check them out, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at The Laps Podcast. If you're wondering what I used to use for my old business cards, uh, you remember Emily Levy from episode 10? She hand-drew me a set of them, and uh, they're adorable, if not quite professional. So if you'd like one, I'm throwing them in as a bonus uh, on Patreon at the $10 tier. They uh, they won't last, so <laughs> if you want one, get them while you can. Speaking of which, I forgot to sing one of the names of our supporters when we hit the first goal, and she's been one of the longest-running supporters of the show. So right now, Ricky, you get a solo performance. Here it goes. Ricky! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Kyle Jest, and this was The Lapse. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>